Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to On the Ball with Rick Buecher. Here's your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buecher. Rick Buecher. This is On the Ball on the United Wecast Network, and I am Rick Buecher. You can see me on FS1, hear me on Fox Sports Radio, and you can read me by ordering the memoir of Brian Grant and his battle with young-onset Parkinson's called Rebound. If you know someone with Parkinson's or you know nothing about Parkinson's, you will want to read Brian's story. Order your copy on Amazon or visit your favorite brick-and-mortar bookstore to grab one. Are you a Kindle reader, audiobook listener? We've got those versions as well. Support Brian's foundation, which supports those afflicted with Parkinson's, and pick up your copy today. I'm also happy to announce that I will be writing regularly for Fox Sports. and You can find my work on the Fox Sports app. You can also follow me on both Twitter and Instagram, at Rick Buecher. I'm a lot of places, but there's only one place you can hear me talking about story angles and perspectives that you are not likely to find anywhere else, primarily but not exclusively involving the NBA, and that is here. Opening nights are a tricky beast. There's a tendency to jump to conclusions, which can be dangerous because... They are not like most of the other 81 games of an NBA season. Every player knows they are on a big stage and the potential that some of them will play well over their heads or below their actual capabilities is always a factor. Usually one of the four teams is a defending champion with a ring ceremony and banner unveiling that has them reliving the joy and excitement of standing at the top of the mountain at the conclusion of the previous season and how that is going to affect their performance on opening night is always a crapshoot. Fortunately, for all of us, we did not get a lot of uncharacteristic variants in the two games that opened the 2021-22 NBA season. In the immortal words of Dennis Green, the Lakers, Warriors, Nets, and Bucks were who we thought they were. The Lakers are a work in progress, a box of shiny pieces without an instruction manual or blueprint to work off of. The Warriors are the band of misfit brothers who are going to challenge you with continual ball and player movement to make up for a lack of individual one-on-one brilliance. The Nets are going to play with the attitude born of having individual one-on-one brilliance. And the Bucks are going to play with the fierce desire and humility that comes with being led by a foreigner two times over in Giannis Antetokounmpo who wears his otherness like a badge of honor. That might have been what struck me most about opening night. 
the spirit with which Giannis played and how infectious it was. There is a purity in his purpose now. He came out to prove a point, not that he was the best player on the floor, that he could knock down threes or any other extraneous goal, but that he knows how to play winning basketball and the Bucks followed his lead. Nine different players had at least one assist. Six had at least one offensive rebound. Compare that to the Nets, who had six players with at least one assist and only three with an offensive rebound. But Nets fans, I would not be overly concerned about this opening night result or performance. Your team played the defending champs on their home floor after an offseason of hearing how the team they knocked out in the second round, the Nets, and has one of its top players more interested in taking a stand for the unvaccinated than doing his job, is the team to beat in the entire league. And that's not to say that Milwaukee's win was a fluke. Giannis showed that he's ready to pick up right where he left off in the finals, playing with poise and patience in the post and attacking the rim like the second coming of Moses Malone or finding his array of fearless shooters on the perimeter. The Nets are so ill-equipped to match up with him that they used James Harden to defend him for a good stretch, which was actually rather ingenious. Long athletic players are sometimes uncomfortable with a smaller, stockier one getting up underneath them, often coaxing someone like Giannis into simply looking to shoot over them. And with Giannis's reputation for struggling with mid-range jumpers, it was a worthwhile experiment. But that's the old Giannis. This Giannis backed Harden down until he was close enough to the rim that a second defender had no choice but to come over and crowd him. And Giannis repeatedly waited for the second defender to fully commit rather than fear the double team and force a pass out to the perimeter. And then he looked to swing or kick the ball once that second defender had fully committed. And once the ball was up on the rim, he simply played volleyball, tapping the ball up on the rim until it fell in. And if the second defender didn't come, he attacked decisively. That earned him nine free throws, and with a streamlined routine, only one dribble now, not the six he was taking at the end of last season that constantly pushed the 10-second limit, he made seven of them. Fouling Giannis no longer looks to be an option. Giannis is going to be a problem, as the kids like to say, as are the Bucks collectively. They played with all the confidence of a champion, but none of the arrogance led by their leader in both departments. And they jumped on the nets and kept them at bay the entire night, despite having their starting two guard, Dante DiVincenzo, and their sixth man of the year candidate, Bobby Portis, out with injuries. And not having their starting point guard, Drew Holiday, for the entire second half because of a bruised heel. They rolled because Pat Connaughton looked like a role player who has been through the baptism of fire that having to make big shots with a title on the line will get you, and which makes regular season big shots feel like a walk in the park. Grayson Allen is going to be a solid addition, fearlessly taking open threes in spite of being a newcomer and contributing six dimes with no turnovers. Now, Allen is not as strong or as stocky as P.J. Tucker, but he has the same nasty edge, and he's far more of an offensive threat all of it reflected by his plus 23 
which was second only to Giannis's plus 25. Did I mention that Giannis is going to be a problem? Look, Kevin Durant was unstoppable. His pull-up jumper is a pure work of art. But he is not the presence around the rim that Giannis is, and he had no chance trying to guard him. The fact that the Bucks closed out this game with George Hill at point guard, Hill's best days firmly behind him, is a testament to how well the Bucks played collectively. But I still contend the Nets are going to be fine. There's no reason to believe they're not the second best team in the Eastern Conference. Patty Mills, who went 7-for-7 seven seven on threes, is going to love all the open looks and space he gets with Kevin Durant and James Harden drawing attention that DeMar DeRozan and Deontay Murray understandably didn't. Not every team is going to be as dedicated about running Joe Harris off the three-point line as the Bucks were, forcing him into four mid-range jumpers, all of them misses. I wouldn't expect a whole lot more from LaMarcus Aldridge or Paul Millsap, their other new additions, but the Nets have a clear pecking order and a host of role players that will be more effective against lesser competition. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The Lakers are another story. They don't have role players. They have former all-stars who are used to having the ball in their hands and having supporting casts that do the dirty work. That was the glaring omission in their 121-114 loss to the Warriors. I'm pretty sure that's what was going through LeBron James's mind as he wrestled untying his shoes as the final seconds wound down. LeBron was outstanding in isolation, offensively and defensively. The long offseason clearly served him well. His mid-range turnaround Jay was on point, as was his three-point shooting. Made 5 of 11. Anthony Davis was equally good one-on-one. But none of it mattered because defensively, particularly down the stretch, the Lakers as a whole could not have looked more out of sync. They lost to a Warriors team that got a 5-for-21 shooting performance from Steph Curry and a perfectly mediocre performance from Draymond Green who had a quad nickel with six points, eight rebounds, six assists, and five turnovers. I couldn't help but shake my head at all the focus on Steph getting his first triple-double since 2016 as if he had a dominant performance. He did not. His triple-double consisted of 21 points, 10 assists, and 10 rebounds, and it took him 21 shots to get those 21 points. They were 21 points he had to work for. 21 points that were bolstered by 9 of 9 free throws. The degree of difficulty shots that he made with such regularity last season did not come close to falling. All the talk of the presence of Jordan Poole and Otto Porter Jr. and Andre Iguodala creating space that Steph did not enjoy last season was not evident against the Lakers. 
They did a nice job of crowding him at the three-point line and forcing him to work inside the arc. The problem, which is not going to be easy to fix, is that the Lakers couldn't give the sustained multiple efforts necessary to prevent the Warriors from getting open looks by simply swinging the ball and back-cutting. Nemanja Bialica was a plus 20 by simply taking what the Lakers gave him. 15 points, 11 rebounds, and 4 assists against only one turnover. He was one of six Warriors to score in double figures. The Lakers had two, AD and LeBron. And despite the Lakers' significant size advantage, they were out-rebounded, including on the offensive glass, 9-5. to five. When it comes to flying around the floor defensively, I just don't know who Coach Frank Vogel expects to get that from. Russ Westbrook is not going to give you that. Hasn't for years. Carmelo Anthony is not going to give you that. Malik Monk? No. Is a team that has five players over 35 and nine players all 30 or older going to give you that? Not at the pace of today's game. It's long been said that basketball is a young man's game, but that's never been more true in the NBA than now. It is a supremely athletic game. I'm still blown away at times by watching the speed of the game, and I've been watching this game a long time. It's never been played faster or on more of a straight line. The old man's strength and playing at a measured pace by veteran players who know how to manipulate the game has been blown out of the water by relentless drive and kicks to shooters spaced around the three-point line. That LeBron at 36, almost 37, still has the legs and conditioning to do it is remarkable. But here's the rub. His mid-range jumpers don't create space for anyone else, and he's relying on that more than he ever has. He's knocking it down with regularity. He's definitely, if not perfected that shot, certainly improved it immensely. Made me think of Kevin Garnett as I was watching him earlier. Those shots also don't create opportunities for anyone else, which is why he wound up with only five assists against four turnovers. And if he's not creating easy shots for everyone else, I don't know who will. No one is a bigger fan of Rajon Rondo than me, but Father Time clearly has him in a bear hug. He's not the defender he once was, and his inability to turn the corner off the dribble has closed the passing lanes and windows down to slivers. Westbrook is a terror in the open court. Always has been, or in transition. But who is running with him? In half-court sets, playing off of LeBron at the elbows or AD in the post is not his forte. You can count on one hand the number of times Russ has back-cut for easy buckets the last few years. A big reason for that is no one is going to hug up on him at the three-point line. Why should they? He took four threes against the Warriors, all of them good looks, and he didn't make one. I'm still not sure just how good the Warriors are, but I feel pretty safe in saying this. How the Lakers' constellation of stars fit together for a winning formula is still not apparent reflected by the fact that this configuration has yet to win a game, despite getting virtuoso performances from LeBron and AD. For all the changes that they've made 
It feels a lot like last year, when we were constantly wondering who was going to join that two-man party. And no one, ultimately, did. All right, that does it for this episode of On the Ball on the United WeCast Network. Please rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to check out my piece on Fox Sports, on the Fox Sports app, on Ben Simmons. Talk to a number of GMs about where that situation is and why Ben, unlike Russ and James and AD, has demanded a trade and hasn't been able to get one to this point. I think you'll be interested in hearing what those GMs had to say. In the meantime, as always, thanks for listening. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.